0: My goal is to educate and inspire, and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Sober Girl's Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 240 of A Sober Girl's Guide podcast. I can't believe it. Kate Siegel is here. You may know her from The Haunting of Hill House, and even more recently, The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix, yeah, Kate is a big deal. And she is also a big sober girl. She is the queen of screams and now mocktails. And Kate Siegel is here to talk all about her sobriety. In this episode, we get into it. We talk all about feelings, emotions, and relationships and how to deal and navigate through all of them. Kate also gives us some hot tips for socializing over the holidays. This episode, is unbelievable. I cannot wait for you to listen to it. So let's get into it.
1: Kate, what's going on? How are you? I am so excited to be here. I love what you guys are doing on the internet. I follow you all the time and I'm always going like yelling at my phone. Yes, that. Yes. (laughs)
0: Oh, my God. I love that. Well, thank you, because I am such a fangirl of all your work. I think we were just talking about the fall of the House of Usher and how I wish I could have a lobotomy so I could rewatch it like with fresh eyes and a fresh brain
1: because it's so good.
0: Hot take.
1: Have a really hard relapse. (laughs) 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 No, please don't. But like, (laughs) sure, why not? We just wash it all away with. Yeah, (laughs) but I feel like that way with like all
0: of your movies. Like, um, I love the the haunting of Hill House was definitely one of my faves, and I keep I kept saying to like all my friends, I'm like, I wish I could just forget it, like I wish I could just take it out of my mind so I could watch it again fresh and just. It's so good. You are so good. I just oh, love it. <laughs> thank you so
1: much. Thank you so much. I know that exact feeling. I know like a handful mm. of shows, Six Feet Under, Friday oh. Night Lights, The Wire, yes. where you're just like, no, take it all away from me. Yes. Like, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, but for TV. Yeah. Like I want to start over because it's
0: mm-hmm. so good. Totally. Yeah. Um, I we definitely want to talk more about your movies and everything that you have going on. Um, you have a lot of s- projects and the work that I want to talk about. But first of all, I want to talk about you. And I want to talk about, I call it our BS selves. So our before sobriety selves. Mm. So what was, could you give us like the behind the scenes look at what BS
1: Kate was like before sobriety Kate? Oh gosh, I love her so much. She was doing the best that she Mm -hmm. could. And she really saved my life a few times because I had some legitimate shit from my childhood and like early teenage life that I couldn't look at, couldn't deal with some sexual assault stuff. And Kate was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to just ignore it. And it's really hard to ignore that stuff. And so when it came up, like she made her executive decision to take a nice deep dive into alcohol, like booze was my poison. I dabbled Mm -hmm. in drugs. Like I like, I've pretty much done everything but heroin and, yeah. but nothing ever stuck the way alcohol stuck for me. And it stuck really early. Yeah. Like, I remember because it's so glamorized in media. It's yes. so like a fancy and a glass of champagne and it's celebration. And, and it's, you're fed constantly this idea that a moment isn't special without alcohol. Yes. Or, and, and so I took that in because I loved media. I consumed media all the time. And so around middle school, my like little bad girls, girlfriends were like, we're bringing in tiny film canisters of wine cooler and drinking it in the bathroom, pretending to be like at a fancy cocktail party. And we, it wasn't that we were trying to get drunk, but I think I needed just a little bit of numbing. Like I had a lot of stuff going on with anxiety and trauma. And so, you know, at that time, captain of the ship, Kate was doing the best she could to get me through the day. And of course that escalates. And she, like, I was a good time gal till the moment I wasn't, I was, Mm. I thought I was so cute. Like I really (laughs) did. I thought I was so cute and so funny and so dangerous, but what I was was kind of mean Mm -hmm. and a little bit grouchy and like loud Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. demanding, but it, it needed, I was doing something that my therapist calls mastering which is that you put yourself back in this situation where you were hurt before to try to fix it over and over and over again. Yes. And and so I was like cheating on boyfriends and stealing other people's partners because what I needed was like an intense sexual connection that I bested to kind of get myself out of that basement when I was a kid so that I I needed to win thinking Mm. that that would solve the pain. But it was hard for me to okay. be in those situations without alcohol. Yeah. And so like I look at it almost split, like a Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde. Like I loved a party, I loved a good time, but it inevitably turned to some really dark sexual activity because that mm. was what I was trying to avoid looking at. Yeah. Oh. I totally I, I totally understand the
0: like going back into those kind of like situations to try and like overhaul them or trying to like win or make the situation like okay yeah like tolerable or like even so it's not it's it's like you win like i mean i don't know yes. how to to describe it it's like you it's, win you rewrite the story
1: but you don't actually what you do yeah. is get re-traumatized over and over you're just like banking those little check marks on the wall and you look yeah. at it And it's like being in a prison and you're like, holy shit, look what I've done to myself. And it turns into a pattern. Yeah. It
0: literally turns into a pattern. I totally understand what you mean because I'm like totally attracted to unavailable people. Yeah. I'm just trying to write that. Like they're going to pick
1: me. This time they'll pick me. I'll feel better. Yes. The... the The divine part of you, I just like, I don't necessarily, I'm not a higher power person, but the the truly realized part of you is going, this is exactly what you want. And that's why you need to be numb to do it. Exactly. And you're never going to get what you want. No, because what you want is to be sober. Yeah. Which your only true desire is to be free of desire.
0: Yes. I think what, what you truly want is like someone to pick you like you're like to find like you're equal or to, uh, align basically like you want Darling, to align
1: you want right you to pick you yeah that's what you so. truly want is yourself yeah. to say i choose you i'll protect you yeah i will draw boundaries i will keep you healthy and happy and a part of the world and connected to the world and able mm. to exist in the world so it's very much like platitudes on a coffee mug Like, you must choose yourself in order to feel chosen. Oof. And you can't
0: do that wasted. Or it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really translate wasted. Maybe some
1: people can. I can't. I'm sure maybe somebody can. It's working for them. (laughs) It's not really my business.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't really get the full effects of like real self love when you're wasted or hungover or like any kind of.
1: No. Yeah. No. I mean, listen. We're still in pre-sober. We're B-sober, before sober, BS. Yes, yes, BS yeah. Kate. <laughs> BS we'll get Kate. there eventually. Yes. But like there was not one experience BS Kate had that wouldn't have been improved by sobriety. Mm. Nothing.
0: Damn. So how did you realize, okay, something needs to change? How do <laughs> I change this pattern?
1: I'm so stubborn and obtuse. I needed to change for years, like years. Well, yeah. (laughs) Like I'm getting drunk at work. I'm getting drunk at acting class. I'm getting drunk like just constantly. And my husband was sober for years before I was sober. No way. Way. And he's taken care of drunk Kate. He hates her. She's a liar. She's (laughs) just like the like lies about dumb shit. Yeah. And. But he's so patient because, you know, Mike went through this. And so he knew mm. there was, a, you can only build the door. You can't force someone through it. Oh, so love that. He kept yes. saying to me like, hey, what, how you, what'd you think about, what you think about that? what you, do you, you like it? Do you like it? Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. And then it got to be like, huh, that's, this seems to be really putting our family and relationship at risk. How do you feel about that? And I'd be like, it's not, you're controlling. And he'd be like, interesting. Interesting. Nice, nice moves. And eventually I was up in Vancouver working on a show yep. about sobriety, which was like, okay, and I'm just sitting around, like getting drunk after work. I mean, like, cool oh, <laughs> show about sobriety, guys. Um. Oh my God, love it. Okay. And it was COVID. <laughs> yeah. And one of my favorite things to do in the world, like when I was drunk, was get drunk and go shopping because any responsibility yes. I felt about, my finances was numb and I could just buy whatever pretty bag I was looking at without feeling guilt. Totally. But like during COVID, this really wasn't available to me because there wasn't bars. So Vancouver was kind Mm. of half open, half closed. It wasn't as bad as like America and LA. Yeah. It should have been. But anyway, I ended up at a bar and just sat there and like nothing terribly bad happened. I got pretty drunk and I drove home. So that's really bad. I was Mm -hmm. a big drunk driver, which by the grace of God, I and other people are still alive. Yeah. And I was sitting in bed with my stepson who is 13 now. And I was Mm -hmm. trying to read him Harry Potter. And I couldn't say Voldemort and I couldn't say the words. Yeah. And, and like he had experienced, he's the only one of our kids who had really experienced me or Mike drunk. And Mike came home to it and he put me, he kind of like scooted me out. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. past, like I'm not entirely, actually I'm not entirely sure how drunk I was and how Rigby feels about that to this day. And hopefully yeah. someday I'll speak to him when he's an adult about that and apologize. Um, I just don't think that he's like 13 is not the right age to talk about addiction, yeah. but when he get it's close, right? Like yeah. it's, that's when I started drinking. Yeah. Anyway, so. We sat down and Mike was like, You were at a bar? I don't think you were wearing a mask. He's like, You just put the entire production at risk. You put yourself at risk. You put other people at risk when you drove. And like putting my son at risk, because Rigby's my stepson, he's like, yeah. that's a firm line for me. That's that's like a hard boundary. Oh, yeah. And and somehow that that moment with Rigby. That Mm. for me was clean enough to be like, holy shit. I love reading to this kid Mm -hmm. and I'm missing these moments and I'm Mm -hmm. really fucking up. And so then I, like most addicts, I was like, I'll do it for 30 days. I'll like, I'll start. And then I'll be in moderation and like, oh, well, you know, we have this wedding coming up and I'm going to want to drink champagne. So, yeah, and I started managing it that way. And then, Another miracle happened, which was that I was in, I was at a gym at the time and I was in a deep sports tissue release massage and she got Mm -hmm. into my psoas muscle and I recontextualized this thing that happened to me when I was five or six, when I was a kid that I thought was just normal kid, adult, like older boys, like 10 year old boys playing doctor. Like I thought we were all playing. And all of a sudden I went, Mm. Oh fuck. And I burst Mm -hmm. into tears and the trauma came all the way up. And at the time I was still in therapy and I was like, until I process this, I can't drink again. Because Mm -hmm. it only took a week of solid sobriety, which I hadn't had since I was 13. I mean, I guess when I was pregnant. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, for this trauma to punch me in the jaw at its first chance, it was ready. And so then I, you know... Uh, am I talking too much? Is this is this? Oh, no, go no, please. Um, and so, I finished out Midnight Mass, which was very helpful because it was about sobriety, mm-hmm. so I could like be a part of that. And then immediately, like, there's just like a pattern of really, like, I I stepped into different sunbeams of grace, right? So the first mm-hmm. was Rigby, and then the second was Midnight Mass, and then I moved on to this movie, Hypnotic. Okay. And my core group there, my co-star and one of my directors, were both sober. And so they were able to kind of guide me. And we created this kind oh. of kind of like sober group where we would have meetings, just the four of us, yeah, at first the three, then the four, every week over Zoom. I think
0: we can all agree that anxiety is so twenty twenty three Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flour, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions. The good and the bad. Chill vibe gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V I B E gummies.com. Cool.
1: And they got me through my first year. And then very <sighs> quickly, every single part of my life got better. There was not a part of my life that didn't immediately improve once I got past the negotiation stage yeah
0: so you were in like the 30 days you're like okay i'm gonna like give this a try for 30 days i'm gonna get this like sorted out and so mm-hmm. i can drink like i can keep drinking
1: right yeah. so i can get back to what i like to do which is drinking right. drinking
0: <laughs> sure yeah basically uh-huh. negotiating uh justify rationalize right right on yeah um and then that trauma came up which is like looking back at it now like the whole point sent. yeah yeah Right. And then, so how long has it been now?
1: Three years, three years, like a couple of days ago. Wow mm-hmm. Wow,
0: that is incredible. Yes. Tell me about the first year and having how important was it having that little niche group around you
1: it's it's super important For me, um, yeah. sobriety is like uh, sobriety is probably the top of my priority list. Like it goes sobriety, yes. family, relationship like marriage career okay and so having that priority set for me i can say yes and no to things as it goes like does this threaten like mm. and there is a situation like I've, I've talked to myself like listen if there are kidnappers holding my children and they were like you need to chug this fifth of vodka done fine in that particular way maybe family is above about sobriety but otherwise like if it's <laughs> gonna threaten my sobriety i can't do it right and so
0: that first year. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's
1: betterhelp.com asgg I learned that One of the things that is very helpful for me in my sobriety is to talk about it all the time, Mm. which is one of the reasons AA didn't work for me. The anonymous for me was really hard because I was like, I don't, I can't be anonymous. I don't want to be anonymous. I don't want the people I'm sober with to be anonymous with me. I want to be loud and proud about sobriety. It it was almost like a coming out. I think it's this amazing superpower I've gained and I'd like to talk about it. Like parties 100%. are so much better. Socializing is so much better. My my hair, my skin, my sleep, uh, my sense of self, my health everything's so much better. I don't know why I would keep that a secret. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so a lot of the people I I connect with through sobriety, also my very close friends Molly and Alon are sober. Like once mm-hmm. you start kind of poking your head up and you're like, hey guys, I'm sober. All of the sober people you didn't know were in your circle. They're like, awesome. Yeah. Yo, that's so cool. And then all of a totally. sudden, there's always sober people at events. There's always sober people on set. There's all, they're there all the time, but they're just so much more confident in who they are. Yeah. They're not as loud as the drunk people.
0: Oh my gosh. Like 100%. Yeah. Me and my friend were talking about this yesterday, and she's like, you know, I stopped drinking and I thought everyone was drinking as much as I was when I was drinking. It turns out like I was hanging around one, like one or two drink people. Yeah. And I was the only one drinking bottles at a time. Yeah.
1: And then I had a couple (laughs) of friends who I was like, our favorite thing to do was go to a bar and get smashed. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm going to really miss those friendships. And Mm. Honestly, the ones that I love, like my best friend, we don't do that. She's not sober, but like our friendship is deeper, more real. I remember our conversations now. We go for hikes. We still go get dinner. We do like weird craft projects. We lay in bed and watch reality TV. Like it's these fears Mm. I had. And even like remembering the voice that would say those fears to me, like you're going to lose all your friends. You're not going to be any fun at parties. Yeah. You won't have anything to do or talk about when you go to an industry event like this fucking voice Mm. just uniformly lies. Drinking is about lying.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think like the fun factor of it all, like what is the fun exactly? Like what are how do we even define fun?
1: But this goes back to, I think, um, what the media has fed us. Yeah. Because if you go to just like, just, if you say to yourself, like, I don't know, Kate seems to be real full of herself on this episode. I'm like, go to one party sober, go to one. And you'll realize that yeah. the drunk people are the worst. Like yes. the first hour of the party is tolerable. And yeah. then everybody slides down into this thing where they're just telling you the same story over and over again. <gasps> and their eyes are glazed over and like, it's, they're not fun. They're not cu- And they think they're fun and cute. Yeah, But you go to one party like that and you're like, Whoa. Whoa. And all of a sudden, like you can see the ones and zeros in the matrix, because what has happened is we've been fed the media, which shows these amazing parties where everyone's so glamorous and drunk and whatever. And what people forget is most of the time those actors are sober on set performing. Yeah. They're acting. They're acting. It's not that fun. (laughs) The reality of a drunken party is not that fun. And like movies really glamorize it, really glamorize it. Yeah, definitely.
0: And I think, I don't know about you, but I was definitely addicted to the drama component that came with drinking.
1: Well, right. I still love drama.
0: I still love really drama too.
1: Working on that. I love to <laughs> talk shit. I love when people have little secrets to tell me. Yeah. And that to me is still part of that. Right. Yes. I yeah. loved the drama of drinking.
0: Yeah. But I, I think what I do, don't love anymore like i like you used to be like oh my god like let's hook up with this person's boyfriend oh or god. this person's girlfriend or like this that and the other just to like i don't know cuz i can
1: i wanted to win i needed yeah. i hated myself so much yeah that, that validation. like i needed yeah i needed to win over another woman or man and it was like yes that that's not an excuse for the people who yeah. i hurt but it is the reason it happened. It didn't happen because I was a monster or like a narcissist or a sociopath. It happened right. because I was so in so much pain. Yeah. And so like, you know, I tried AA, it didn't work for me. I balked at my um, fearless moral inventory and amends because I think a lot of that is self flagellation and I already do enough of that. Yeah. And I've, I've done a lot of amends just on my own, just like the people I feel like I need to be like, hey, sorry, I really fucked that up. And some of it, mm-hmm. like the situations got violent and sticky, and I wasn't the only bad person in that situation. Yeah. And like flagellating myself in front of somebody who also hurt me, even though I started it, doesn't feel good to me. Doesn't help my sobriety. Doesn't help my family. Doesn't help my marriage. Doesn't help my career. Yeah. So totally doesn't help my relationship with whatever I believe. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to do what's right for
0: you and what feels good for you because ultimately you know yourself
1: more than anyone else does. And every day you stay sober, you're going to know yourself more.
0: Yes, which is amazing and terrifying.
1: God, it's the fucking, it's (laughs) the most drama. It's the most dramatic thing I've ever done. Like Jesus Christ, getting to know myself. It's just like, for most of my life, I thought I was a cat person turns out I hate cats. Dead. What? Yes. Like we, we, you know, they're like, everyone's family has these like things about their family. Like we're a family that loves chocolate. My family was always a cat family. We're like, we much prefer cats. Dogs are too friendly and loving. Gross. And (laughs) I was like, I'm a cat person. I just want, like, I don't want the responsibility. Yeah. And I like, when I got sober, I was like, no, I I want the devotion and love and the affection to give and take with a dog. I, I don't want the aloofness of a cat. I don't want a box of piss in my house. Yeah. Like, and it was a shocking revelation to me that I was not a cat person. Whoa. Like, that's the type of getting to know me. Like, I didn't know yeah. nothing. Do you know your attachment style by chance? Oh, it's very, it's the bad one. It's disorganized. <laughs> <laughs> Because okay. Of, like, the abuse Hold up. I'm also
0: disorganized too. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a second. I wouldn't call that bad. It's just not favorable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. It's not the one I would choose. It's not the one I'm helping yes. my children develop, Yes. but yes, it's mine. So it's absolutely. Yes. I mean, I am, there's nothing people sometimes ask me, what's your greatest fear? What? Cause this happens a lot in press for horror stuff. Okay. And I always throw something out like Dying Alone or Spiders. But the reality, <laughs> my greatest fear is other people's emotions. I don't like it. I really... you like- please
0: change that press answer and just really <laughs> flip the script on them? That would be amazing.
1: But like some people who are giving interviews, they're kind of on a train. And if yeah. you say that, they short circuit. And it's not a very kind <laughs> thing to do to them. <laughs> those people get sinus. totally i hate that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah like let's just keep
1: it moving we're moving we're moving yeah. but um oh, yeah no other people's emotions i fucking hate it oh really oh, oh my god oh or like god. The, the, the way people like micro express their emotions like breathing through their teeth or a sigh <gasps> fuck i'm like getting hot thinking oh about my god what
0: about crying
1: Uh, I don't like
0: it. It just like
1: really makes me like deeply uncomfortable and sweaty. And because like, I don't, I feel like I have to fix it. I feel like, Oh yeah. I feel like it's my fault. I feel like I'm responsible for this. I feel, um, overwhelmed by it. And then I get angry because I don't want to be responsible. Like I have a whole thing that I have to, I just visualize unhooking my car from their train. Like I unhook. Yeah. I unhook and I'm watching and I have to literally disassociate when other people are having emotions. I really work on it with Mike because he's the safest person I know. Yeah. And it's a lesson my children teach me every day because kids are nothing but just like big squishy sacks of emotion. Yes. But like, this is the focus of my 40s is it's okay for other people to have unpredictable emotions.
0: Yeah. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. I hate it. I
1: don't want it. I don't want it. No, no, thank you.
0: Okay. Well, it could be different. I personally get a little bit turned on when
1: people cry. (gasps) Stop. That's that's so fun. That's so what a great choice. Next. My next character is taking them. Right. Yes. That's a great choice.
0: And it's like, it can be a little bit creepy, (laughs) but it's like, it's, I find, and I used to be like that. I used to be like, oh my God emotion like overload nope stay away get away from me now I'm like wow you're crying and I can only imagine what it's taken you to get to that point to physically like express yourself that way Mm -hmm. and be that vulnerable like that is the sexiest thing ever
1: wait do you cry are you a crier
0: oh yeah there you
1: go. That's self-love. <laughs> but like, you're so but. out are
0: proud of yourself for crying. That's great. Yeah. But I, I am like a, I'm not like all the time crier. I'm like a pressure cooker yeah. crier. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I let it like really build up and then I'm like, I can't do it anymore. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Like That's- I will, I will cry at like the most ridiculous <laughs> situations and like a receptionist is just like, wow.
1: <laughs> oh, you're just I, just, I just i just need like, your first big. name girl yeah. you're like <laughs> you're the ma'am this is a wendy's meme yeah. just like walking around uh-huh yes
0: totally yeah but i've i've kind of like trained that that little thing around and and like i'm not like oh god i gotta run for the hills like i'm like oof, that is hot and i don't know if that's right or wrong but here we are
1: i'd like to like let's meet in the middle where it's yeah. just, yes. it just is. Somebody is having a feeling in front of us and we are just, oh, yeah. that would be my dream. Yeah. Like the dream of being a cool girl. I know they don't exist. I get it. <laughs> I saw Gone Girl. Don't come and like, don't oh. hit the comments on this. But um <laughs> like that I have this fantasy of being untouched by things, mm. which I think is probably yeah. wrong. Like it's, yeah, I get that. Like the, it's ties into my, fear of emotions, like even my own emotions. I guess that's why I I act, but yeah. Yeah. How has getting sober affected your acting? Oh, this is fun. This is another one of the nasty voice things was like, you can't be an artist unless you're tortured. hundred percent. And I I used to love along with getting drunk and shopping. I used to love after I'd like memorized a scene or done all the work, getting drunk Mm -hmm. and, and doing the scene because like random shit would happen. Yeah. And but guess what? Random shit isn't a good choice. Random shit isn't art. Like the difference no. between my four-year-old's paintings and Jackson Pollock yeah. is intention and choice. Yes. And so I was just wrong. And it like yeah. stuff like that really, for me, I have a hard time if the truth is presented to me, not accepting it. Like I will change my mind. I'm not stubborn in terms of belief. Okay. And so very quickly, I was like, oh, those choices were bullshit. Those choices were overacting and they were kind mm. of like scenery chewing and they were presentational. And I was so proud of myself. That wasn't about um, honest vulnerability in the moment. And so very quickly, mm. I was just like, oh no, like everything else, drinking was fucking up my acting.
0: Yeah. Whoa. And, and that makes sense. Like, I think we get this kind of false set. Like, yeah, I mean, drinking when you're drunk, you get this kind of false sense of, like confidence mm-hmm. for the first 15 minutes oh, yeah. yeah whatever after that 15 minutes after that second glass of whatever you're doing
1: ugh,
0: it's not good it's not, not, not hot it's, not it's hot. nothing
1: about, again people who are listening and who are sober yeah. curious because I listened to sober podcasts for a year before I got sober okay there used to be this great one called seltzer squad mm-hmm. and they're they've disbanded now because I don't know oh them. they did I think they like, they changed one of the girls got married and then something like whatever, but, um, I loved it. And sometimes I'd be like, they don't know what they're talking about as luxury and listen to this podcast. (laughs) And so again, if you're listening, just go to one party sober this holiday season, choose one, one that you don't care about that much that you're kind of being forced to go to. And you'll see, you'll see what we're talking about. It's, it's completely bizarre. It's, it's bizarre.
0: Do you have any like tips, like to anyone listening, who's maybe like, this is their first sober holidays, right? They're, they're going uh, into the, the holiday season. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of tips would you give them going into a social situation?
1: So I got sober on November 17th. So I started, uh, oh. I was baby, baby sober at this moment. Right. And I'll tell you what I did. And what worked for me is I just said no to everything. Yeah. I just didn't go for a second. Yeah, and I like that made me sad. Like I wanted to go to parties, yeah, and I I couldn't go to parties. And then I was like, all right. And I had a team of people, like friends, who were willing to hang out with me and not drink. And so I'd be like, I really want to get dressed up and just like hang out. And so, but it was kind of sad. Like I'd put on a fancy dress and we'd sit in my living room and talk about my sexual assault. (laughs) Like it wasn't a cute moment. Oh, <laughs> yeah being my friend is a dream happy
0: holidays
1: <laughs> but yeah my answer to you is like listen oh. you're gonna and you're gonna you're gonna have some nights where you want to do a thing and you can't do a thing congratulations yeah. you're a fucking adult
0: yeah totally and that and I think that's what comes you know with putting sobriety as a priority. It doesn't mean that this is going to last forever, nope. but if you're putting sobriety as a priority, yeah. everything you do is going to kind of follow suit.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you one day at a time is a great mantra. Like yeah. I'm not going to go to a party and drink tonight. Tomorrow I can go to a bar in the morning if I want to. Yeah. And you'll wake up and you may not want to go, but if yeah, you don't, and sometimes you'll have to do an hour at a time. Like it's eight o'clock and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to drink until nine o'clock. And guess what? If you then have a glass at nine, you still win. Yeah. Like you don't have to be perfect out of the bat, out of the box. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect out of the box. At first bat.
0: Yeah. Out of the bottle, out of the box, whatever. Just don't
1: bring your emotions to me. I'm talking about my (laughs) sexual assault with my friends in a ball gown.
0: Oh. God, I love that I'm just picturing that like sitting in your
1: God living room. God bless them. God bless them everyone cuz they were sober people so they knew, right? Yeah. Like that this first month is about just like random stuff coming out and like I I'm so grateful another like little sunbeam of gratitude. Like I tend to be pretty sarcastic and funny, so it wasn't just a sad slog through the reality. It was like jokes about me and jokes about sexual assault and like <laughs>
0: I mean, I think we have to say for anyone listening to this: yes, it's serious, but I think you can tell that you've healed or you've done the work yeah. because you're laughing. Oh, about it's the it most serious. But yeah. like, I
1: also think if anyone's sitting there judging it, they're probably not a survivor because the survivors of sexual assault that I know mm-hmm. are uniformly like devastated by it, but also very self-aware and very like, yeah. they'll make a joke about it. They'll be a part of it. Like part of healing is laughter.
0: Yeah. And the, finding the humility, like we're all human. Yeah. Like we yeah. didn't choose for that necessarily to happen no. to us.
1: And then once you drag it out of the closet, like once you drag it out of the dark, yeah, you realize you're not alone. You, re- you start to feel like, oh my God, it wasn't your fault. And there's a, a levity that comes with that. Yes. When you start to see it for what it is, as opposed to what it was when it was hidden inside of you. Mm. And there's joy in that. Yeah. And that's, that's something you have never understood with AA. It just feels
0: like, why do I need to like hide this part of myself or not, yeah. or not, like not have it be a bit, a part of my life. Cause I think it's like a really awesome part of my life. I'm yeah. so proud
1: of it. Yeah. so proud. I really think AA is meeting dependent. There are people I know who have found the best room and the best group and they love it. And I watch them just thrive off of yeah. their home meeting. Yeah. I just, it was never it for me. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never felt
0: good like leaving a meeting. I was just like, Ugh. this is it.
1: Shit. I always felt like everyone in a meeting was trying to fuck me which was probably projection, (laughs) but you know what I'm talking about? And there's like that meet and greet afterwards and like everyone wants to talk and maybe it's because I was like going to Hollywood meetings (laughs) in my thirties, but like, it definitely, it felt like it definitely felt like a real meat market and that made me feel unsafe because my sharing stories are about horrible things I did in my twenties. Most of which are sexy. Yeah. And I don't want to be sharing sex stories to people who are then like, hey, can I get your Yeah, <laughs> like, green light. <laughs> and I know there are the people sitting at home going, you should also go to Sexual Addicts Anonymous now, and you should do this and do that. And I was like, I'm working on it, bro. I'm working yeah. <laughs> on it.
0: Have you ever gone to any meetings in West Hollywood? Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is an experience.
1: And like, for the people it works for, good for them. But like, listen, I'm in my 40s. I am so happy in my marriage. I'm monogamous. I'm like, really? Once I got rid of alcohol, I felt like my problems, although they didn't disappear overnight, they were manageable for me. I became like a sane person. I was so out of control with it in my Mm -hmm. 20s. And like, even when I was married, like it wasn't, that's like, I don't want to give up out this feeling that like in my 30s when I was married and drinking, I was just like a deviant. I was committed and that way it was mostly in my twenties and in my teens where things were totally out of control. Mm -hmm. And it is important. I think to say that too, that like, there's a version of my life where I never stopped drinking where it's all right. Like, it's fine. I wasn't blowing things up. I had a successful career. I was um, committed to my marriage. I was, I had two kids that I, birth to and one that I'm a stepmom to that I was successful and that's another thing like I I listen to these stories sometimes at AA about people mm-hmm. who were ruining their lives and I I couldn't get there because Same. I was like it's like my life isn't terrible it's yes. just I know it could be better. Oh, and that's
0: the hardest part. Yeah. Like I think that's even harder than having this like whole like rock bottom kind of situation. Yeah. It's just this like little buzz of like, eh, not yeah. great, but not horrible. Yeah. It just could be better. Coasting. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And that's, Inside. I think that's the hardest, hardest place to make a, a choice and a decision and a change eventually.
1: Yeah. It was real. It took a really long, I was, I was a slow, I was a snail about it. Yeah. Same. Matt, we're here. And we're here and I we're can't wait to meet all the we're people doing it. who are also doing it. Like right? I love
0: these people, my favorite people. Totally. Kate, um, one more question for you. Mm-hmm. To anyone listening who is maybe thinking about getting sober or going through it in the beginning stages, what piece of advice could you offer?
1: I love you and it'll be okay. Hmm. Yeah. I can't tell you how to do it. There's nothing. It's yours. It's going to be absolutely yours. And that's the best part of it. Yeah. It will be yours from the very first drink you say no to. And I, but I love you and I'm proud of you and it's going to be okay. Mm,
0: Totally. Okay. More than okay. Sure. And
1: even if it's just okay, it's better than being drunk. Totally.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kate, where can we find you on the worldwide web?
1: I'm on the (laughs) internet. I am Kate Siegel official on instagram which is where i am i'm official uh which is where i'm the most active i also i think have a tiktok (laughs) okay and total transparency i create all my own content but i have much more talented people posting it for me on a schedule because i'm bad at schedule and routine Okay. and so um i'm most interactive on my own instagram so from there you can find everything else out but the content i make is all me i do it myself
0: and obviously head to Netflix for the fall of uh, the House of Usher. Yeah, please do. Oh, my gosh. So good. Oh, thank I want to watch it over you. again. Um, Thank you so much, Kate, for taking the time and to share your experiences and your knowledge with us. This has been so great.
1: It really has been a fabulous conversation. Congratulations on sobriety. How long do you have? Thanks.
0: Seven years.
1: Oh, girl. I'm so proud of you. I want what you got. I'm coming to get it.
0: Come and get it. It's here for the taking. And yes, come and get it. Not only for Kate, but for you listening as well. Sobriety is up for the taking. If you are up for the challenge, we got your back, girl, at any stage of your booze-free journey. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback and comments about the podcast. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know a friend, a family member, or loved one who needs to hear this podcast episode or any of our other episodes, please make sure to share it along to them. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at a Sober Girls Guide and head to asobergirlsguide.com. Like I said, Sobriety is up for the taking and we are here to support you along your booze-free journey at any stage of the game. We got your back, girl. From our Sober Girls Social Club membership to group coaching to one-on-one coaching, we got you covered at any stage of your booze-free journey. Head to asobergirlsguide.com now. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.